Hi, 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 Rick. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing today? Uh, I I'm fine, but the weather uh, a bit a bit uh, worse than for 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 example two days ago. Two days ago we had sixteen seven seventeen degrees Celsius, and now only eight or nine oh, degrees, and oh. it is raining. Yeah, that's terrible. Well, yeah. you have you have our weather from yesterday. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. But uh, thank you for such uh, for such a present. Maybe next uh, time uh, you will send us a better present. Yeah. <laughs> maybe some sun next time. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it uh, it uh, it shows that all our countries in uh, in in Central and East Europa are very connected, which is us. Oh, yes. uh, like even uh, even what. Uh, uh, what uh, even by by our weather, and yes. maybe you can uh, tell uh, uh, tell me uh, about your 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 experience of of life of working in different uh, con countries of Central and uh, uh, Eastern Europe, and maybe you can compare uh, these lifestyles and uh, and. Conditions for for living and for uh, and for uh, for working too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll be very glad to, Evgeny. Look, when I I from nineteen from the end of nineteen ninety four uh, to the end of nineteen ninety eight, beginning of nineteen ninety nine, I was the managing director of AT and T Capital. AT and T is the American Telecom, and Capital was a subsidiary. It was a separate company traded on the New York Stock Exchange, which was the finance company. At that time, AT&T, the parent, not only had the telecom, but they had lots of manufacturing of telecom equipment. And, of course, they owned NCR, which is the big company that has the bunkomats all over Europe, all over the world. And so they had to create a finance company to finance those exports. And I was uh, the managing director. I was located in Vienna, Austria, because Vienna is uh, ideally located uh, for Central and Eastern Europe, people don't realize the geography, but Vienna is east of Prague. Yeah. It's the it's it's the easternmost Western city during the Cold War, and so that was a good location because in Vienna, you're three hours from Prague, one hour from Bratislava, mm. two uh, hour and a half, two hours from Budapest, mm -hmm. four hours to Zagreb, four hours to Ljubljana. You were in the center. There was a reason why the Austrian Empire <laughs> settled in Vienna. Because it was a crossroads, it's a focal point. Uh, when you go up to Poland, you always have to fly because Warsaw is so damn far away. When you go to Moscow, you always fly so far away. And if you're going to go any further south to Belgrade or to uh, Istanbul uh, or Athens, you're going to fly. Because it's so far the same is true of Bucharest now over in Romania. But for the core countries in Central and Eastern Europe, Vienna is the ideal place. Yeah. We, we set up operations in, in Czech Republic, in Prague. And from Prague, we handled Slovakia. Even though Slovakia is a separate country, we handled all their operations from there because of the fact Czechs and Slovaks had been a, a single country for 74 years. So that was logical. I would just say as a, a little background for our listeners that the Czechs and the Slovaks have two different languages, but they are extremely close. Mm -hmm. In other words, I tell people if you study Czech, you get a bonus. You, you get Slovak for free. Mm. Or if you study Slovak and learn it, you get Czech for free. Because the differences between the two languages 
are minimal. They are uh, phon phonological. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe less than uh, be between Russian and uh, and uh, Ukrainian. Yeah. Oh, I would say it's much closer than Ukrainian and Russian. I would say I would say it's sort of like American English and the type of English they speak in India. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, they the the difference being that the Slovaks spell things differently. Uh -huh. But the sound system is the is the challenge. Yeah. The sounds are different, and some of the words are a little different. But the vocabulary is about ninety percent the same. Uh -huh. uh, but that's another that's that's another story. Yeah. So we we handled it from there. Then of course we oper opened operations in Warsaw in Poland. Yeah. Poland is a huge country. It's the largest in Central Europe. Of course, it's not huge compared to Russia. Yeah, but yeah. here in Central Europe, the Czech Republic is 10 million people. Slovak is 5 million people. Hungary is 10 million. Austria was eight, it was eight, seven, eight million when I was there. Then you get into what other countries. Romania is large, 25 million. Uh, Bulgaria is small at 8 or 9 million. Greece is barely 10 million. Uh, and of course, now Turkey is huge. Turkey is 75, 80 million. But in Central Europe, uh, you know, we're talking about the countries between Germany and Russia. Poland is the big, as we say in America, the big enchilada. You know, the, the big country. It is nearly 36, 37 million people. So we had an office in Warsaw, which really wasn't enough because our people there had to travel all the time to the other big cities like uh, Gdansk. What the Germans call Danzig, yeah, yeah. or to Krakow, they call Krakow, but in English we call it Krakow. So, and then of course we had the little Baltic countries, which are small, yeah, and we had that handled out of, of Warsaw, and we had to be very, we you know we had to be very political about things, because naturally um, the the irony is everybody in the Baltic countries speaks Russian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't but they say don't, my, they don't like uh, to do it. <laughs> they have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, that's a good phrase. A chip on their shoulder, uh, and what that means is that they have a prejudice. Uh, so I couldn't send Sergey from Moscow over there. Yeah. Okay, he'd have to get a visa, and that was a pain. It's not a problem, and they're all going to want to speak English. Because the our our customers spoke English, they're all going to want to do that, and they're going to some. Sergey's a good guy, and they're, they're going to give him a bad time, and so we sent Anje, and Anje couldn't speak Lithuanian, he can't speak Latvian, he can't speak Estonian, yeah. he speaks Russian, okay, yeah, but they had to use English, and sometimes they even had to use Russian to be honest with you, but it was a psychological. The, sure, the Lithuanians didn't like him because the Lithuanians don't like Poles. Yeah. Okay, you know, but they, you get all these things in there, and so we had this balancing act all the time, and I ran things out of Austria. In fact, the Austrian market was being run by the Germans, but then the Austrians found out we had an office, and they didn't want to deal with the Germans. Yeah. Do you know what the nasty term in Austria is for a German? Yeah. They have a they have a detrimental term called pifka. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they, so they didn't want to deal with the pifka, and we had all those sort of things. <laughs> so each one of these countries was a, was a little different. Yeah. Uh, the the type of people we hired were different. Okay. Um, I, for instance, um, I couldn't send anybody from Greece. Yeah. Uh, we had a Greek office. We had people there, uh, but we had a huge demand in Hungary uh, in Turkey. Mm -hmm. I couldn't send Christos yeah. to Turkey. Ah. I mean, they're not going to kill him. They're not going to do it, but they're just not going to get, cooperate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I had to go down to Turkey. 
and uh, they wanted to see the big boss. This was the big boss syndrome. Turkey is extremely traditional, uh-huh. and you get to Istanbul, which is a fantastic city. It's an old Greek city, of course. You know, the Greeks will remind you about it. it was Constantinople and you know all this stuff, Byzantium before that. And it's a traditional, and you're shocked because you have a view of what Turkish people should look like. And a lot of people look like that. But then you get into the business sphere, and they look like you and me. Mm-hmm. And they're light, you know. And you go, what the hell's going on here? And they say, well, my one guy says, uh, Mustafa says, my grandmother came from Bulgaria, and my uncle, you know, my other grandfather came from Romania. <laughs> and I go, and another one says, oh, and my grandmother came from Poland, and my grandmother came from Southern Russia. I said, what do you mean Southern uh, Russia? So, she says, so, she so Cherkes is very, uh, how to say, like international city, multinational. Yeah. Multinational, yeah. And another guy, another guy I dealt with says, "Well, I'm not really Turkish. Uh, I'm Muslim, but my parents are Cherkess. Ah. We call it Circassians in English, yeah. but Cherkess. Everybody knows them in Russia. Cherkess women were beautiful. They're blonde. They all. All is an empire. Yeah. When you go to Moscow, yeah, as you know, you have an international community of Russians, huh. Rossiani, You know, citizens of Russia. Yeah, yeah. Not, maybe not ethnically Russian, but you've got everything. You've got." Moldavians, you've got everything in the world. Same thing in Istanbul. And so you had to deal with that. But sending a Greek over there, oh, good God. So I had to send a Hungarian. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and Hungarians are very specific. They're very, very different than all the other nationalities. Um, they're a little psychologically, they have to deal with them very carefully. Uh, he was a good, you know, loyal guy. Mm-hmm. Very good English. Yeah. Learned to speak Turkish. Uh, which is very difficult because it's an agglutinative language, yeah. and it's not easy. Like Hungarian's agglutinative. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, like. But Finnish, but the vo- yeah. but the vocabulary is foreign. Uh-huh. The good thing about Turkey, of course, is that they use a Latin alphabet, uh-huh. so you don't have to learn the Arabic letters like in the old days. So it was a balancing act all the time, and of course in Russia we had the Russian guy Sergei, we had him handle Ukraine. Uh-huh. We had him handle really the former Soviet Union except the Baltic states. Yeah. And I have a very fun, uh, we have, I don't know if we have a couple minutes, but I can tell you a very funny story. Uh-huh. We had a deal in Armenia. Uh-huh. And there's no problem, Russians and Armenians like each other. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So they get along famously. The Armenians speak Russian very well. Yeah. So I sent him down. We just had the deal negotiated. It was a, two, it was a small deal, $2 million deal for a telecom. Uh-huh. We said, Sergey. They screwed up the documents. You know, our lawyer won't accept it. You fly down there. Get the bloody's signatures right. Okay? So he goes down there. And what we found out the problem was is that the guy, the, the contract was in English. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The Armenian was signing his name in Armenian. Yeah. And it did not match his English signature in the register. Uh. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, I said, yes, that's a problem because I remember... When I was a student in the Soviet Union, they would not let me, when I was signing documents in Russia, uh-huh. they, they made me r- write it in Cyrillic. Yeah, yeah. Well, my signature in Cyrillic looks a lot different yeah, than my signature in English. Yeah. The letters are different. Yeah, yeah. And so that was the problem because the Armenians have a strange alphabet. <laughs> and it doesn't look like Cyrillic, it doesn't look like English. So we had these two, and the guy thought it was a false signature. So we had to spend a whole trip, $3,000 of travel money, uh-huh. and all that sort of thing. But, you know, that was that was a short thing. It was exciting, it was different cultures. Uh, we were all, but we were all united in the company with one language. We all had English. 
Okay. Uh, Rick, maybe uh, maybe we'll uh, we uh, we continue, continue. next uh, right. next time this uh, this interesting topic. Okay. You bet. Okay. So maybe for for today, that is enough. And thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.